Hi there, welcome to the sound of the start of a heavily reduced weekend across the EFL. This is the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show. It's sponsored by Betfair. I'm Ali and this is George with me. This show is for over 18s only and we ask every week for you to be gamble aware if you're thinking of placing a bet this weekend or any time. But this week is also Safer Gambling Week. And so it could be a good time to check out Betfair's online toolkit that puts you in the driving seat and helps you stay on top of how much time and money you spend playing. Uh, there are a number of tools available, including loss limit, uh, timeout, among others. And it's always important to understand the risks that come with betting and be aware of the tools that can help you gamble more safely. George, we're quite hopeful that we might win podcast of the year at the FSA Awards. Uh, but voting closes on Monday, so we really need a, a late flurry, I reckon, to get us over the line. So uh, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it, if a couple of the people listening to this, maybe a couple of hundred, maybe a couple of thousand, uh, went to the link in the description uh, and just spent 10 seconds voting for us in Category 7, podcast of the year. You don't have to vote in the other categories and you don't need to uh, submit your details on the second page either. But it should take just about yeah, five to 10 seconds, depending on your uh, mobile data situation. Couple of kind of big headlines from last week. We'll get the bad one out of the way first. Double Mate. nap, Cardiff. What happened there? I <clears throat> secretly support Norwich, and I, as soon as I heard that we were doing double nap of Cardiff, I knew that Norwich were going to win. <laughs> yes, thank you for your tweet, unnamed <laughs> Norwich fan. I think he went as far as to say, I actually fist pumped when I heard that you double-napped Cardiff, because I knew that that meant there was a chance we weren't going to lose. Um, we don't mind those messages, but we do respect you more if you send them to us before, before. the matches happened. Yeah, I think, I think we do mind them. I don't mind them. The, the only thing worse than annoying interaction is no interaction whatsoever. Yeah. While we're still getting engagement, we're still... Winning. Sort of. <laughs> uh, but that was not a winner. In fact, I had my first bagel week since week three my first minus five uh shocker really max dean uh, had a good chance well saved and that might have had a more positive effect on my week uh alas nick townsend in the newport goal um scuppering me but let's not be negative on a week where we celebrated our biggest winner of the season i don't know why i'm saying we and our <laughs> it was yours george XG nonsense pays, it seems. Um, yeah, Ali Alhamidi getting a brace uh, for Wimbledon. 10 to 1 winner. I mean, it's it, the ridiculous thing is it's not our first long shot winner of the season because I put it as my goal scorer pick, which is quite amusing. <laughs> amazing. But it's our longest uh, price winner so far. And actually, there was a moment for any of those who followed me into the um, Alhamidi Wooten double where we were there and uh, Alhamidi had two, Wooten had one. And Stockport scored, and it was a wooden assist. But sadly, it was Odin Bailey. Um, it would have been some scenes um, at my daughter's first birthday party if we'd nailed an 150 to one winner. Uh, but I'll take the 10 to one. The WhatsApps from you at uh, between sort of 4:30 and 5 were pretty good. Oh God, OMG, Wooten, one more mate, goal Stockport, Bailey, beep. Then a word that I. <laughs> Can but won't say. Uh, George, there's only 11 games to choose from, two in League One and nine in League Two. But within those, hopefully plenty of juice to squeeze. What's your nap this weekend? My nap is Swindon to beat Harrogate at even money. Um, Swindon going through a difficult time of it at the moment, it's fair to say, uh, in terms of their current results. Um, you know, their, their older shot result is well 
versed and well known about, but either side of that, things haven't been good for a while now. Um, they've lost five games in a row, um, but I do think there are sides of this where we don't have to be overly negative. Their performance against Stockport, a Stockport side who'd won 10 in a row going into that game, was okay. You know, they were 2-1 up fairly late in the game before uh, Stockport really um, you know, turned the screw and, and, and rammed up the pressure and, and won the game. Against Colchester in the first half, they were, they were the better side, winning the game, uh, winning the first half one nil before you know collapsing in the second half. Basically, what we're not seeing with Swindon is a massive drop off in terms of general performance level. It's, I think, maybe a confidence issue a little bit where they're just having periods in games where they are very poor. But it's you know if, if this game was taking place, the end of September, then Swindon would be massively odds on, and I I don't think Swindon are as bad as the current results are suggesting that they are. And they're playing against a Harrogate side who, you know, my biggest belief of any team in the EFL right now is that Harrogate are just nowhere near as good as the amount of wins they picked up this season or the amount of points that they picked, they've, they've picked up. You did a very good bit on the Monday pod um, about Harrogate and the bizarre statistical quirks around how many um, points they've won compared to how many basically shots they've had and how they're winning these games. Like if you go back through the games that they've won, they're getting penalties in bizarre circumstances. You know, last last time against Walsall, it was a deflected effort. Like it, there, there isn't in my mind an obvious game plan or in either box really anything beyond sometimes following smacking the ball in from thirty yards that is making them a particularly good football team. When you look at the underlying numbers, they are the worst team in League Two by absolutely miles. Like they they're averaging since the beginning of October zero point five expected goals per game, and they have the second worst expected goals against per game like this isn't sustainable in my mind and I still think Harrogate have a massive um, issue in terms of securing their safety for this season even though they're currently mid-table that is reflected to an extent in the bookmaker prices you know Betfair Sportsbook have them four to one to get relegated they are the fourth favourites to do so despite them being you know like they've got like a 10 point cushion on the bottom two so this isn't a secret I don't think like I think anyone who who follows the number side of this um is kind of aware that Harrogate are running very hot. Um, but in Swindon having a, you know, having the, the, the firepower that they've got in, um, in Young, in Austin, in Kemp, I, I just think that they're going to have, like every team basically do, they're going to have the better of this game. And I think they've, they've absolutely got the kind of players who can, who can put Harrogate to the sword. I think it's a matter of time until Harrogate are well beaten again. You know, we saw Stockport and Mansfield put, set, put seven past them combined uh, already uh, in the last couple of weeks. Um, Blackburn beat them 8-0 in the cup. Um, yeah, I, I think two things are going to happen fairly soon. Someone else is going to give Harrogate a, a real uh, pasting. And also wouldn't surprise me if Harrogate go on the kind of run that Swindon are currently on uh, fairly soon. So, yeah, uh, even though they're away from home, uh, yeah, if Harrogate... I'd be very surprised if Harrogate get points from this game. It isn't in the same way as we're seeing consistently, where it's Swindon being wasteful and Harrogate somehow smashing grabbing <laughs> i can't remember which week it was or the exact pick but i definitely had a pick that involved getting against harrogate yeah, and had that throwaway line and if harrogate are going to score it'll just be like a long ranger or a random penalty yeah i think it was a random it penalty to nil, you had. <laughs> yeah. yeah i think it was a random penalty which means you may well suffer the uh random 30 yarder from george thompson uh, which will trickle in somehow uh, my nap is is mansfield to cover the minus one handicap against newport in league two this is at six to five 2.2 in the decimal with the betfair sportsbook and mansfield are a very good team aren't they um yes both in terms of their recent form four league wins in a row uh, their season form 
unbeaten in League Two with eight wins and eight draws and zero defeats. They've had a decent go in all of the cup competitions as well. Underlying numbers-wise, about as strong as I can remember a League Two team. So my favourite stat at the moment is that Mansfield have the best XG ratio in the top four leagues. So Mansfield's non-penalty expected goals ratio is better than Manchester City's. And Nigel Claffiola at the helm, he knows what he's doing, doesn't he? And, and yes, in the last few seasons, they haven't quite uh, made it to the extent that they probably should do based on, on budget and wage bill. Uh, now it looks like uh, in they've, they've kind of finally clicked almost the worst possible season for them to do it because of the strength of some of the teams around them like Wrexham, Stockport, Notts County, etc. They've taken the most shots from open play. They have faced the second fewest in open play. They are the best team in the league. And they have Aidan Flint, which means from set plays, they're also a huge threat. Uh, they are missing Lucas Aikens at the moment, but Reese Oates has come back. That was timed nicely because he'd been missing for a few weeks and slightly different players, but Oates offers them proper like league two speed, mobility, running in behind threat. And, and the team looks super strong. They had the week off while their opponents, Newport, played basically a full first team apart from Omar Bogle, who had a rest on the bench in the trophy against Bristol Rovers. Uh, so Mansfield have the kind of... Um, the, I would expect to be a little bit sharper, a little less leggy here. Uh, Newport, this is about them as well because two things are true. I think Newport have been better than I expected this season. And broadly, I'm, I'm positive about the job Graham Coughlin's doing there, but they're 20th with 19 points from 17 games and only two wins since August. So that shows how little I, I sort of well, how low I have them in my overall ratings in League Two. They've conceded the second most goals in the league. So in terms of Mansfield covering the minus one, I'm, I'm pretty confident that Newport are about as leaky as it gets in League Two. Their squad is thin. A uh, couple of players starting to drift back from injury. Clark and Palmer hold them Love as well. Love the idea of drifting back from injury. Just drifting back from injury. I mean, it's so, like they're not being worked too hard. Uh, it's just, you know, you take your time, just waft over here whenever you feel like you're ready to resume full training. <laughs> I think in my head, what I'm trying to get across there is that I think they'll be in the squad, but I'm not sure they're going to be okay, starting. Fine. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. As far as I can tell from the last few games, they've got about 13 or 14 senior outfielders. It's a very, very thin squad. Some of them are just not League Two standard, in my opinion. They've lost six out of eight away from home, and five of those six defeats they've lost with the minus one handicap being covered. So although Mansfield have only covered it once at home in their four home wins... I think this is the time for Mansfield to cover the minus one handicap. Again, uh, six to five, 2.2 in League Two. Mansfield minus one against Newport is my best bet of the weekend. George, next best. So my next best is two teams who I think, if you imagine their like curves of their season, I think they are crossing right now. And it's oh, kind nice. of an opportune moment to side with Salford, who are 12 to five away at Gillingham. Gillingham, of course, have made a change in the dugout. They have sacked Neil Harris and they've replaced him with Stephen Clements. Um, I wrote an article for NTC20.com, which went live this morning, um, all about the history of managers who won promotions in the last few seasons in League One and League Two and whether or not these kind of um, decisions where managers who've kind of been there and done it are replaced by uh, rookies is madness or if there's method to it. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, then do go and read that. Um, in this case... It's come at quite a weird time, I would say, with um, Harris seemingly having the support of, of the fan base doing an OK job on the pitch, albeit not as good as the 4-1-0 wins at the start of the season kind of had had Chillingham fans dreaming of. But Brad Gallinson, their owner, clearly has taken a view that he wants to see a different style of football being played. 
and Clements has been brought in to do that. And that's kind of weird that you consider a guy who's who's coached basically under Steve Bruce for his whole coaching career so far as the one who's been chosen to implement the style of play. But as we know, you know, if you look at Kieran McKenna, for example, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, if you look at James Robry working under Mick McCarthy, like being an assistant manager for a manager doesn't necessarily mean that they um, share a philosophy or a style of play. So we'll see what happens. But at the moment, Gillingham, to me, look like... You know, a positive way of looking at it is that this is a transition phase where they're going from a Neil Harris pragmatist to a more expansive style and are struggling to do it so far. Or maybe more cynically, they have downgraded in terms of who is running the football club or who is their coach and therefore they're, they're on a natural decline. Either way, they're not playing particularly well at the moment. They were pretty poor against Wrexham going behind within the first minute in Clemens' first game. Prior to that, they lost 2-0 at home to the aforementioned Newport County, who, as you've just mentioned there, we aren't particularly enamoured by this season. Salford, on the other hand, I don't know what happened for the first month or so of the season. Like They were amongst the worst teams in the league. Uh, kind of typical timing. Goffey wrote a piece for, for, for TLS, the long shot, our betting newsletter, and you know, basically saying that Salford at this stage are one of the worst teams in the league and a value to go down. I think Neil Wood must have pinned it on the dressing room wall because basically ever since then, they've been much more like the team that we saw last season. And even though the results in isolation don't look great, the two undefeats to Mansfield last time out, they, they did pretty well. Like I thought they kept Mansfield at bay far better than most sides and offered a, a fair amount going forward. A nil-nil draw at Barrow isn't the worst result given how solid Barrow are, especially at home. Like I think they're putting in performances, the 3-2 defeat at Wrexham, the 2 draw at home to Swindon, way beyond what we saw earlier in the season. I think it's a matter of time, you know, with Matt Smith obviously playing very well and, and the majority of injured players from early in the season back. I think it's a matter of time before they go on their own run. The issue is that they've got a really, really tough run of games coming up now. This is by far the easiest in my eyes because they host MK Dons after this and trips to Stockport and Bradford. So... I think this is an opportunity for, for to Salford for Marit to marry their good performances with results. Um, I think they're a better team of the two in terms of what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Because the results haven't necessarily shown that, I don't think that's necessarily replicated in the prices. So at 12 to 5, I'm happy just to go all in on Salford for my, ne- my next best. Yeah, I don't hate that. My next best is Blackpool to win to nil at 6 to 4 against Shrewsbury, 2.5. Uh, is not the pick that I'm most excited about this season, but I, I struggled to find things that I was really up for. Uh, and I think that looking a little bit deeper at Shrews, there's good reason to get against this, uh, even though it's at 6-4, to four, the winter nil for Blackpool. That's because Shrewsbury have uh, they've played 10 games against teams in the top 14 positions in League One, and they haven't scored a goal in 10 games against teams in the top 14 position. So I think it's nine goals they've scored total in 17 games. Uh, 10 goals, sorry, I should say. Uh, and that was three last weekend against Reading, one of which came from a Harvey Nibs defensive howler and then two injury time set pieces against a team that's just way off it in terms of being uh, a League One team. They scored one against Cheltenham. They managed one against Fleetwood. They managed one against Northampton, one against Cambridge uh, and two in a 2-1 win against Burton. But against any team above Burton, uh, they have not scored a goal in those 10 games. They've lost six of eight away from home to nil. Uh, They average around 0.5, 0.6 XG per game away from home, which is about as low as it gets, really. Uh, And they come against a Blackpool team that, you know, I put them up in the preseason to win the league. You know, in that context, I'm probably feeling about six out of 10, seven out of 10, 
part of that was this idea that like last time at this level under Neil Critchley, they'll they'll come good, they'll start to hit a level of consistency. And I don't think they have quite done that yet. That doesn't mean it's not still to come. There's still a long way to go this season. But six wins, six draws and five defeats. That's obviously not the, the exact level that we wanted for a team to challenge for the title. They have been good at home. Uh, five wins, two draws and two defeats. With uh, uh, Those defeats are against Posh and Derby. So again, I'm, I'm, I kind of write those off when I'm talking about a home game against Shrews because they're ju- it's just a completely different prospect, this. Uh, against bottom half teams at home, five games, three clean sheets, generally keeping the level of opposition down to like 0.5 expected goals. So I find it so difficult to imagine that Shrewsbury will have many chances in this game. Uh, and I clearly expect Blackpool to win, as do uh, the traders. So uh, their squad's looking pretty strong. Players coming back from absences, just drifting back from absences. <laughs> uh, loads of options now in, in all areas. You know, the likes of Kyle Joseph, who hasn't played at all this season, is back on the bench last week. They, I think they spent the biggest transfer fee of any League One team this summer on Kyle Joseph. So you've got to be hopeful that he will come back and add some extra quality to this team. Uh, Blackpool to beat Shrews to nil. 6-4, with the Betfair Sportsbook. Goal scorer. Goals scorer. Double goal scorer. Ish. Ish. Should I, I mean, should I do mine first? Then we can... Yeah, I got that some, wrong. Yeah. I got overexcited. Um, my goal scorer is Tyler Smith of Bradford to score any time um, at in the early kickoff against Notts County, which I think is live on Sky. Which is yes, exciting. it is. Should be quite a good game. Though. I'll be watching. Um, Tyler Smith has had a very strange career thus far, I would say. Mm. Um, he was a Sheffield United youth player. He had a very good loan spell, a couple of decent loan spells, one in non-league at Barrow. Um, went to Swindon in that very, very poor Swindon side that got relegated and did okay. Um, earned a move to Hull. Well, I think he was quite popular at Hull, but you know he wasn't. He was a young player who couldn't quite break into the first team. Um, went on loan to Oxford for the second half of last season, and I don't know what happened there. Like on on debut, he missed a very easy chance, and then Carl Robinson basically decided I think that he wasn't for him. And under Liam Manning, he didn't really feature. So his his career kind of took a bit of a dive um, in that loan spell. He went to Bradford, who of course have Andy Cook, who was playing a, a lone striker role under Mark Hughes, and again was on the periphery and didn't really feature. Um, Graham Alexander comes in as their new manager first game home to Barrow he brings Smith in alongside Cook to play in the front two and Smith scores a goal his first goal for the club in the league also missed a very good chance as well and Bradford were okay in that game like yes they lost it but I think the XG that they racked up against Barrow is maybe the highest that Barrow have have conceded in a game this season they were kind of unfortunate on the balance of play not to um, not to get something out of it and I, I think given that Smith played 90 minutes and given that he scored, I'd be very surprised if Alexander changes the team too much from that and especially takes Smith out of the side where you think for a confidence player who's kind of been down in confidence fairly recently, he's probably going to get um, another opportunity. And naturally and probably rightly, uh, Bradford are a big price to win this game. You know, Notts County, despite back-to-back defeats, are a, good home team. Are, are a good side, especially at home. Yeah, but they don't keep very many clean sheets at home. Like Forrest Green put three past them at home recently. Even in kind of a Rezani win against Swindon, they conceded, they, they lost 2-0 at Wrexham last time. So there's only one clean sheet going back in their last over 10 league games. Um, so you'd think that Bradford should be able to to, to at least test them uh, defensively, even if they do end up losing the game. So yeah, I think Smith at 3-1 to one is a decent option. You know, him, you know, Cook is, is obviously a lot shorter. There's a fair chance Smith might come off, I guess, if he doesn't play particularly well. But he is, you know, the... The style of player he is, whilst Cook is someone who 
is a goal scorer, but also offers a lot more. You know, he can hold the ball up well. He's a physical presence up front. Smith doesn't really do anything apart from score goals. Like he's someone who'll play on, play on the shoulder, will look to take up positions inside the two posts. Um, and I can understand why he's not priced up accordingly, but playing under a manager who seemingly wants him to be part of the side. Um, you know, if Bradford are to catch Notts uh, County's high line out, it will be Smith rather than Cook, who's the person playing off the shoulder. So, yeah, three to one anytime. Uh, Tyler Smith is my goal scorer bet. I, I can't believe I pushed the double goal scorer button. It just isn't. No. I, but we, it's, a, it's, we, it's a sort of double goal scorer. We share a player. We want Dan Kemp to score. Yes. Ideally twice. And we'll get on to why. Uh, Dan Kemp is my goal scorer pick anytime. 3.75, 11 to 4 with the Betfair Sportsbook. I think this is a great price. Kemp has scored nine goals in 16 games this season in League Two. Exactly the same record as he had for Hartlepool at the second half of last season. So in 2023, uh, 32 league games, he has scored 18 goals. So uh, more than. Uh, one in two on that front uh, over the last ten and a half months. Now, uh, at Hartlepool, those goals were kind of boosted somewhat by the fact that he scored a hat-trick and I think two braces as well. So in terms of the any time, uh, it it probably wasn't quite as good as it looked. But this season with Swindon, uh, it's been a sort of more consistent level of of goal scoring. Nine goals uh, in eight separate games. So any time has landed in eight of 16, one in two games this season. He's taking 3.3 shots per game. Uh, He's hitting the target with over one shot per game per 90. Um, And he's just top top quality he's he's the star of this Swindon team he's the best player in the Swindon team he's one of the best attacking players in League Two in general uh, and we think as discussed Harrogate are a poor team uh, Swindon may be in a bit of bother defensively at the moment but still projecting as a good attacking team still scoring goals uh, still the team who've taken the most open play shots in the division this season and although Jake Young has scored a lot as well for me, Kemp is the star. Kemp is the one that I believe long-term is, is the better player. Uh, and I just think this is consistently a good price. And that's why it's my anytime goal scorer pick this week. Dan Kemp, uh, 3.75, 11-4 to score, George. Why is it uh, almost double goal scorer? I'm going back to the well, the, the brace well. Not surprised. <laughs> Paul brace be... well to score anytime. You had one of the best drinks of your life from that well. <laughs> Uh, I am going to put up Dan Kemp to score two or more goals yes. at nineteen to one. Yes, you um, will for the for the you know the reason that you mentioned a second ago. Um, he had five shots against Stockport. He's one of those funny players who he shoots too much. Mm. There's no denying that. If I was just, if I, I mean he's good at it. I think last season he scored um, like eight goals from two expected goals. So he, he is a player who has a good strike on him. He gets um, some assists as well, though. He's not like pure no, no, uh, selfish. He's, he's not pure Keylor Dunn. Um, <laughs> Full Keylor Dunn. But he is, he's a funny player where he does shoot too much, but he also plays, you know, playing basically off Austin, but a little bit deeper than, than Austin and Young. He, do, he is someone who can overlap and he does get into good goal-scoring positions as well as um, taking the long shots. He had five shots against Stockport. He's had 13 shots in his last two games. If I am right, and this is a bit of an onslaught, like in my mind... At this moment, from open play, Dan Kemp is a much bigger goal threat than Charlie Austin and probably on a par with or just below um, Jake Young. So I, I don't think the price is representative at all of the role that he's playing or what he offers uh, Swindon. And at 19 to 1, um, I think, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Swindon were to score, as they have done a few times this season, even in defeats, if they would score a few goals here and Kemp is, is up there with their biggest goal threats. I love this bet. Yeah, so for my long shot, I'm going back to a well, not the well, because I haven't won a long shot yet this season. So I don't think I can say that. But I'm going back to a well that 
as I got there, I could tell that the water within the well was top quality water. And just at the very last second, as I brought it to my lips, it was snatched away from me. And I want to go back to that well because I think that there's good things in there. Uh, it's a few weeks ago, I, uh, there were two massive fabs in the champ. It was Leicester and Leeds against Hud- uh, QPR and Huddersfield. Uh, I did the over 2.5 teams uh, team goals double and was very close to, a, uh, I think, a 5-1 to one winner. So I'm going to try again in League 2 because it's a similar situation where Stockport going for 12 wins in a row are playing at home to Colchester. The price is so short that no real interest in backing it. But over 2.5 Stockport goals uh, is a goer for me. The levels that they are hitting is... Uh, are ridiculous they've scored three or more uh in six of their last 12 games so um 50 of their last 12 they've scored three or more uh Wooten and Alafe are looking very sharp up front but so many others as well Collar in particular provides a goal threat Sarsavik if he's fit um and Colchester defensively very poor albeit quite fun going forward so I do think there'll be quite a few goals in that game uh, and Mansfield over 2.5 goals as discussed I've backed them minus one as my nap I think they should have control against Newport I also think you know, in the sense of racking up the goals, they should finish stronger as well if they are ahead, as I think they will be. They've got the better bench options. They've got the better form. You know, it's within their interest to keep racking up the goal difference because it looks like a really strong uh, automatic promotion race. Uh, and they've got, well, they didn't have any midweek game and, and Newport did. So uh, it points towards Mansfield's goals. I think uh, it's at 6.12, so just over 5-1 to one the double. Stockport to score over 2.5 goals and Mansfield to score over 2.5 goals. So because there's only 11 games, we decided not to do a BTTS sixfold or fourfold, yes or no. Uh, we've replaced it with something that we think could be a fun little one-off, though. Yeah, we're going to do an over 4.5 double. Now, we know that League Two has seen loads of goals um, so far this season. It's a trend that continues to baffle and amuse, um, but we've come up with an over 4.5 double um, at 37.5 to 1, so 38.5 decimal. Um, the first leg of that is Forest Green Rovers, who take on Grimsby Town. Um, the over 4.5 4, 4. here... Um, Forest Green's defensive issues are pretty stark. Um, you look at their games already this season. We've seen them cover the over four and a half line three times already. Two of them were at home. Uh, once with a 4-1 defeat against uh, Crew, Another a 5-0 win uh, over Colchester. When Colchester had a man set off, they also were beaten 4-3 away from home um, against Notts County. You know, I, I think it's pretty obvious to see that they have... Attacking players such as Troy Deeney and Callum Morton, who are more than capable at League Two level of, of putting weaker defences to the sword. But there is a serious defensive issue there that I can't really wrap my head around, given that the personnel themselves don't look um, to be too poor. I think David Horseman, clearly a very highly rated coach, is, is struggling a little bit to get to grips with the rigours of League Two management at this moment in time. Um, and with Grimsby coming to town, a team who are currently 21st, this is a massive game for both sides. And Grimsby, under the caretakership of Sean Pearson, um, I, I think it's dual caretakership, I can't remember who the other one is, have seen wild games already <laughs> uh, so far. They, they beat Slough 7-2 uh, in midweek. Grimsby had lost four games in a row after Hurst's departure, or well, three games in a row after Hurst's departure. And then we saw them beat Morecambe 3-2 in a game where they looked very good at... Uh, going forward an xg of 3.4 but their defensive shape was very poor especially for the first goal so i think we're seeing for whatever you know we're seeing a, a caretaker stewardship where um the shackles are off the handbrake is off whatever that means and um going to forest green uh, you know this feels like two sides with pretty poor defensive records who are both able to attack 
pretty uh, effectively. So it feels like a decent game for goals. I also like, and we both like, we both, I think, had our long shot next on the list. So our long shot ND was going to be over 5.5, which is 10 to 1 with the Betfair Sportsbook, uh, which we can also advise. But um, yeah, that's the first leg of our over 4.5 4. goals. Yeah, and it's Jill Salford, the second part of this. Uh, over 4.5 goals is 6 to 1. And so, you know, far chunkier than the Forest Green Grimsby price. And I think it's because, as George laid out, Jill's still, if you look at the league table, look like the most boring team in League Two. They've scored less than a goal a game. They don't concede many goals over the course of the season. But I fully believe in what George is talking about, this sort of flip of of, um, playing style. And although it's not necessarily been borne out in really high-scoring games just yet, you look at the underlying numbers and the shot data... It is starting to happen. Their games are much more open. They are embracing that. And that means that I think much more likely than two months ago, there's a good chance of a Jills game going a little bit goal crazy. And I think Salford are a good sort of sparring partner for that. Um, They also, well, they just don't shut teams down at all this season. They're pretty vulnerable from set pieces, which is somewhere that you think Jills could be able to hurt them. But they have recently found, or over the last six weeks or so, a very consistent manner of attacking, creating chances and scoring goals. Now, a lot of that is big Matt Smith at the back stick, <laughs> thumping home headers. Um, but overall, they just look a lot more confident going forward. Last season, they were the top scorers in the division. So it's not that surprising that they could get back to that sort of level. Uh, and albeit there's quite a lot of cup games in here, you just look at the last four games that they've played. A 4-3 win against Man U under-21s in the in the trophy. A 2 all draw against Peterborough in the FA Cup. 2-1 win, no, defeat last week against Mansfield. And then a 4 all in midweek uh, against Posh in the replay of that cup game. So hasn't necessarily been absolutely insane in uh, in the league but I still think there's a chance so 6-1 to one, Gillingham Salford over 4.5 goals paired up with Forest Green v Grimsby over 4.5 goals at 5.5 uh, that's a 38.5 double 37.5 to 1 with the Betfair Sportsbook um, with great thanks to Betfair for sponsoring this podcast well into its third season uh, that partnership uh, George why don't you recap your selections is this my recap sponsored by our thanks to Betfair? It sounded like that. Yeah, I just Lovely. thought I'd mix it up. <laughs> Swindon Town away at Harrogate at even money is my nap. Uh, Salford at 12 to 5 um, away at Gillingham, my next best. Tyler Smith to score any time at 3 to 1 for Bradford at Notts County. And Dan Kemp, 19 to 1 to score a brace. Uh, I'm going to be, things are going to be quite bleak if this week goes like last week. So I'm trying to stay nonchalant, but with quite a lot of hope in my heart. Uh, Mansfield minus one against Newport's my nap at six to five. Blackport to Blackpool to win to nil. I just made up an EFL team that I could see actually existing. Cool. Blackport. Yeah. Blackpool to win to nil what, at six what, to what four. What would be their second bit? Blackport. United feels right. I was going to say county. Well, that's already Stockport County. Yeah, it's a bit why. easy. Blackport. What did I say? United. Blackpool, Blackport United. Blackpool Alexandra. Somewhere in the... I was going to say somewhere in the Midlands, but I guess it would have to be coastal Yeah. by its very nature. Imagine creating a team with port on the end that's no, never been near a port, historic or current. Stockport. Blackpool Winter Nil was my next best. 6-4. to 2.5 <laughs> against Shrewsbury. Uh, goal scorer Dan Kemp anytime, 11-4. Uh, my long shot is Stockport to score over 2.5 goals against Cole U and Mansfield to do the same, over 2.5 goals against Newport and our sort of bonus extra this week over 4.5 goals in Forest Green Grimsby and Gillingham against Salford at 38.5. Thank you very much 
for listening to this podcast. We hope you enjoy your weekend. Make sure you catch that early game on Saturday. Knots against Bradford. Always good to see some League 2 on the box. Uh, and uh, we'll see you again on Monday, I reckon. Sounds good. Go out.